0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. I am super pumped to have here with me today, David Meltzer. David, welcome to the show.
1: I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I am so happy you're here. And guys, if we weren't having enough fun here, we literally have the guy that was the inspiration for the movie, Jerry Maguire. So tell me about that. Like, how did that happen?
1: You know, it's so funny because my career, I went to law school simply to buy my mom a house and a car. I was going to be an oil and gas litigator. And I ended up getting into technology and becoming an entrepreneur and through that became CEO of the world's first smartphone. So the first part of my career was being a customer of sports. I played college. I wanted originally to be a professional athlete, but like every other person in my position, meaning short, small Jewish kid who better to be a lawyer and a doctor than a professional athlete. uh, I decided to be, I grew up doctor, lawyer, failure That was the context that my mom raised us under. And so uh, through that journey, though, I became an entrepreneur. And the whole part of my first career was in technology, in entrepreneurship. But I met Lee Steinberg, uh, who is the most notable sports agent in the world. It's the firm that they based the movie Jerry Maguire off of. And just like today, I try to teach people that we need to develop our skills, acquire the knowledge, and the main consistent component or attribute that I see from great athletes to great entrepreneurs to great executives and leaders is the one quality trait that you must be what you can be. And oh, I stuck that. to that. <laughs> and I've stuck to that and I think Lee Steinberg recognized that and within 48 hours he hired me in a completely different industry to be the chief executive of the most notable sports agency in the world
0: that is insane. I love it. I love it. And I know, you know, you have really committed your life to empowering a billion people to be happy. And you, you really believe, and you teach on this continuously, and you have for years, you know, that, you know, this, this focus on, on being happy and becoming happy and, and empowering yourself in and around happiness will lead to all of the other you know attributes that that we seek in life, right, so tell me a little bit around you know how how you landed on that and kind of how you 've seen that maybe unfold for some of your students over the years
1: Sure, well, I think it started with my relationship to money. Uh, I wanted to be rich, as I mentioned since I was a little boy. My mom was a single mom with six kids, worked two jobs. Packed our dinner in a paper bag and then filled turnstiles at the convenience stores with greeting cards and, you know, grew up under a very uh, guilt ridden uh, mom that, you know, was doctor, lawyer, failure. Like I mentioned, the fetus wasn't fully developed till after graduate school. I could do whatever I want. After I studied, she woke us up at 5 a.m., uh, all types of different things. But I just wanted to be rich. And the reason I wanted to be rich was to buy my mom a house and a car. Uh, my relationship with money developed as an entrepreneur and was reaffirmed that money buys happiness and love. And everything from who I married to all the things in my life just kept reaffirming as I ran the most you know notable sports agency. I was the CEO of the first smartphone. I was a multimillionaire, millionaire nine months out of law school. Everything just kept telling me money buys love and happiness. And two years before I lost everything, when um, I was Thirty-six years old. Um, my, uh, you know, I hit rock bottom. I, I, I literally had a transformation. That money doesn't buy happiness. That happiness was derived in other places. That money allowed us to shop, and if we shop for the right things, we'll be happy. And if we shop for the wrong things, so I started developing pragmatic ways and to teach pragmatic ways about happiness and its relationship of how do we make a lot of money so we can help a lot of people and have fun or be happy. And so I started teaching over 20 years ago, uh, the enjoyment of the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit of your potential and all the different dummy tax and situational knowledge and advice that I can give people. And I do it all for free. And I have, it's a lot cheaper now online than it was, you know, filling up, uh, big groups of people and paying for lunch for everyone. So I kind of really enjoyed this uh, pause that we're on because it's escalated my audience and my cause, but it's also a lot less expensive to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the interesting thing is, you know, with, with all the disruption that's happened and all the, craziness that has unfolded in the past couple months, I truly believe that there are going to be a lot of very positive uh, innovations that have happened and are happening already. And I think that it's evolving a lot of industries and spaces in new and different ways that are going to allow people to come together um, and utilize technology that already existed, just, you know, for some people in a new and different way that, that hadn't been leveraged before. So it's really cool that you guys are um, you know, having the opportunity to do that.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's really important for people to realize that we give meaning to everything that we see and that this is a perfect, perfect opportunity to take inventory of our values and then also take inventory of our capabilities. And our capabilities are the aggregate of our skills uh, that we have want and need, uh, the knowledge that we have want and need, uh, as well as I said before, those that inspiration, that must be what we can be that try me not the why me attitude and there's so many opportunities as we look and take inventory of our values and our capabilities if we align them with the companies that are doing very well right now or we align them synergistically or supplementary to companies that are stable right now or we may want to align those with companies we feel that are going to do well in the future. Uh, synergistically, supplementary? How does our values and our capabilities align with those? And you can find people ask me, where do you find those? Well, it's really easy, right? You can find the industries, careers and companies right within the stock market. Go grab the 50 best performing stocks and you know what companies are doing well. Go grab the 50 most stable stocks that haven't moved in the last six months. You'll know what companies are stable. And then go ahead and look at the industries of what companies have been crushed that you know historically never do poorly. Like gambling, for example, you know, uh, historically, if you study history, human nature never changes, people always gamble. So when things get turned around, you know that those will be stocks that recover. And if you have values and capabilities, what your skills, knowledge and desire that are aligned with those or synergistic to those or supplementary of those, then you can go ahead and find a whole new world for yourself, one where you can make money, help people and have a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're bringing back to that. I think too many times people, because of, you know, value systems that were passed down or belief systems that were passed down, think that they can either have happiness and fulfillment or money. They don't really see the connection between being happy and feeling fulfilled and then being able to do a whole lot of good, make a whole lot of money, help a lot of people um, be really happy doing it. So how do you kind of help redirect people or help them create a paradigm shift in their thinking or perception to, to align with that versus maybe what it used to be or what used to be passed down as, as a mode of thinking?
1: Well, you said something that's so interesting there, right? You talked about passing down. And I think that's a key segregative part of separation that people don't realize. So what I do is I allow people to break things down into three different areas of, of how we develop these things. So number one is at the conscious level. You know, I teach people what they do control, what they think, what they say, what they hear, what they do all of these conscious things that we do through our senses, which by the way are inaccurate. We don't see things or smell things, taste things or hear things or touch things in an appropriate or or an exact manner. And we don't remember things in in an exact manner. So I teach people to consistently and persistently have the correct data input for our faulty system. We have a cellular memory within ourselves and it only remembers things from the time we're awake till the time we're asleep. So I create different disciplines and habits, a habit machine that enables people to have the right appropriate inputs. And then I teach them about the subconscious. The subconscious hosts 40,000 of the same thoughts every day. And I make people aware of what they're accessing within the subconscious, what neural pathways are formed by their behaviors, by their disciplines, by their habits. And then most importantly, like you said, what has been passed down to us? We all have a quantum a memory, a quantum nature about us, one that's been passed down from not just our lifetime, but you know, scientifically four lifetimes, our great-grandparents, grandparents and parents to us, and I believe even multiple lifetimes. So if you can understand that your potential is different than everyone else's potential, that's what makes you uniquely you, and that that is in your DNA, in your hard drive, in your long-term memory, not your short-term memory of the conscious, not the midterm memory of the subconscious, but your hard drive. your long-term memory has your potential in it, and if I can get you to line what you think, say and do and what you believe, and align it with the personality traits, characteristics, obsessions and addictions that have all been quantum in your nature, in your DNA, I can activate and increase your potential and send a frequency that will allow you to make room for what you want, to allow you to be of service, to have the confidence to give your life away in order to make room for what you want. And I've shifted the paradigm of value in my life when I lost everything. I lost over $100 million and have made back so much more in fulfillment and money by giving away everything that I have, by making room for more and more and allowing the universe to come through me for others. So teaching that in the context of a world of just enough, not enough, or you can live in a world of more than enough, more than enough of everything for everyone.
0: Love it. So, so powerful. And it's like these reminders that everyone needs because I think at at moments we get reminded of these things and then we get brought back into the craziness, the busyness, the chaos of the everyday. And it's like, you forget what you already know and these things are deep down within us, but it's like, we need to like bring them back out over and over again to to make them a part of our everyday lives versus, you know, this personal development seminar that you go to once a year, or this book that you pick up off the bookshelf, you know, every once in a while. Um, Going back to what you were saying about the subconscious, right? Um, what, what percentage of, of what people's everyday experience or, or life that they live do you feel or believe is driven by our subconscious? And, and what are some things that you can even suggest here on the show today that people can do to kind of rewire their subconscious in the right way?
1: So it varies by individuals, right? And those who have a better practice than others of five different things that that I teach. One would be, do you take inventory of your values, your personal experiential giving and receiving values? In other words, how much time or attention and intention do you give to your what during the day? A lot of people go through their day. Uh, I believe your why is inherent in you. It's to help somebody or something, but your what is what determines the difference between your life and others. And how much time do you spend taking inventory of your values to determine what it is you want from this day Uh, to asking and attracting people who ask uh, of how they can be of service or value and ask other people uh, for help you Know, do you know anyone that can help me? Uh, those people tend to work more in the conscious productivity, accessibility, and gratitude than allowing just their subconscious habits and disciplines and ego uh, to take uh, f- effect. The third one's one of the most pragmatic things that has changed my life as an entrepreneur, uh, and it's a practice that's very difficult. It's called being a student of your calendar, and so I. Study my calendar. I don't look at my calendar. I study it twice a day. I pay attention to and give intention to everything that I have planned. I have attention and intention into everything I don't have planned the white space, the empty space in my calendar. And I actually pay attention and intention to my sleep. The number one habit that we all share is sleep eight hours a day on average. Most people spend and they never practice sleep. They never study sleep. They don't pay attention or intention. The word study to me. Is a mathematical equation, and it's what I pay attention to and give intention to equals the coincidences in my life. Uh, so, if I want my day to align the coincidences of my day to align with what I want from my day, mathematically, statistically, efficiently, and effectively, I'm going to get what I want. The fourth thing's really simple uh, people that work more in the conscious than the subconscious do things now. Uh, I love the concept of doing things now. Not only will it save twice as much time and you'll be statistically way more successful in the fact that 100% of all things that you do now get done. And the biggest difference between people in their lives are there's people who get stuff done and people who don't. Uh, There's also a further way of prioritizing things. If you can't get them done, then, of course, if you're a student of your calendar, you can put them and prioritize them by what's most important in your calendar and use that every single day in order to be more Productive, meaning providing values to others would be more accessible, which is a bifocal lens. It's not only accessibility to others, but accessing what you want. And of course, the lens of gratitude. And then finally, most importantly, and the biggest determinative of whether you're in conscious or subconscious is the practice of ending fear. Uh, your primary uh, ego-based emotion is fear. The secondary ones are I need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, and all of these things create an interference or corrosion to that pure source of light, love, and lessons that you're always connected to. And so if we wanna get our subconscious thoughts, those 40,000 thoughts out of our way, these are five direct tools in which you can effectuate living in the present, Acting, saying, doing, aligning with your beliefs to actually leverage or activate the quantum memory that you want the frequency that you want to live with
0: I love it I, I love it. I think that um, I want to go back for just a second. I know you just shared so much there and it's it's all so relevant and so meaningful and it can help people so much, but I do want to go back to the get it done now for just a second because oh, I think my Yeah, I think everybody needs to hear that um, one more time. So can you expand on that for just a moment? Like, is there almost like an exercise that you teach people to do? Like you think of something, you do it. Or like, what does that mean or look like for you? Like give some some either a new habit or a new kind of mantra or trigger for people. Because I completely agree. I see people, they stress, strain, plan, talk about, and get anxious over things for more time than it actually takes to do the thing. And I do think there is connectivity between that and happiness and financial success and results and making a a bigger difference. So can you expand on that a little bit, David?
1: Yeah, I love the way you said that too, by the way. So yeah, uh, I I have a two-question approach, right? So I always have kind of a stop, drop, and roll approach to whenever I'm an ego-based consciousness. So when we get all those feelings that you were talking about, frustrated, anxious, worried, you know, all the different wastes of time and resources when we just could get it done, I like to stop, drop, and roll. And the first thing, I, I call myself a ferocious Buddha because the first thing and the most ferocious thing that I do in my life is stop when I'm in those wasteful moments, right? Being able to be aware of and identify an ego-based emotion that wastes my time, energy, my, all, all that valuable interference that it creates in my life, like worrying, stressing. You listed out them all, it was wonderful. But I stop and I'm ferocious about a habit of when I don't feel good, My my thermometer is not my bank account. It was, and then I lost $100 million and I realized wrong thermometer, dummy. Happiness is that thermometer. Do you feel good? So if I don't feel good, I stop. Then I drop, meaning I breathe through my nose and out through my mouth. This is where the Buddha kind of comes in. In other words, I get to a center or quiet place so I can think about, okay, can I do it now? And if so, then I do it. And if I can't do it now, then it goes into my calendar for tomorrow or later today, where I prioritize it by importance. It's that simple. But the biggest habit, the habit machine is the stop, drop, and roll. And it stems from advice my mom gave me. What I realized was when I'm in that wasteful emotion, that ego-based emotion, that interference and corrosion that you were describing previously, I know that my mind, body, and soul are on fire. And I know when I'm on fire, I stop, drop, and roll. So I utilize that methodology. And I simply, once I get to center, I ask myself, can I do it now? If I can, I roll in the productive, accessible, and gracious lens of that do it now philosophy, or if not, I have a secondary plan, which is to put it in my calendar and prioritize my importance. The more that I do anything, the more it'll become a habit, the more it'll create a neural pathway or become part of my subconscious. So instead of my subconscious working against me by bringing up negative chatter and negative reactions, what I am doing is building a database of 40,000 of positive thoughts, positive disciplines and habits that not only assist me in achieving what I want, but actually accelerate what I'm trying to do.
0: I love that. It's yes, that's exactly what I think every single person listening to the show needs to do. Because I, I, I always say that, even if you think that you're a positive, productive, optimistic person, there can still be an undercurrent of all sorts of subconscious things going on that are making it harder for you to live your potential, making it harder for you to accomplish your goals. And I love what you just said, David, about the 40,000 positive thoughts that you are programming and driving and controlling versus kind of letting them happen to you. And again, I think the danger is if you don't go there, you know, you don't even know, like what, what is running underneath the surface? What, what is, what is the, the self-talk or the, the track that's playing on, on, on autopilot 24 seven, you think you're living one life, but really there's this undercurrent driving it. So let's talk a little bit, David, about where you teach live every week, how people can tap into that. I would love everybody that listens to the show to, to get an experience of this like happiness conversation that you're having ongoing with the market and, and how they can kind of learn from what it is that, that you're teaching here.
1: Yeah. So every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern time, uh, I do an hour training with QA. and uh, It's free. In fact, it's uh really fun because it's like the monster at the end of the book there's so many people out there that are selling things that i truly have a humble mission i'm blessed to have everything that i need uh and so it's like that grover book where he's like please don't turn the page and then you turn it and at the end of the the training everyone's kind of waiting for me to sell something it's kind of awkward but it's just me lovable cuddly grover at the end (laughs) I love that. You know, that's sitting there. It's really funny uh, because people are so conditioned to like, you know, getting excited and, and being pressed and, and then I'm like, okay, have a nice weekend. Uh, but we do record them for replay. And we anyone that attends, uh, we give guides and homework and worksheets for free. I give my books for free. I don't sell my books either. I've written Connected Goodness, Compassionate Capitalism, Unstoppable, by the way, uh, Creating the Life You Love with Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul. Uh, we rewrote that book for, I'm the chairman of the Unstoppable Foundation. But if you just email me at david at or text me at 949-298-2905, uh, either one of those places, dmelzer.com, David at dmelzer.com, or nine four nine two nine eight two nine zero five. I'll get you registered. It's free. We'd love to have you. Um, you know, I'll teach you how to cancel, clear, connect, stop, drop, and roll. I have very pragmatic thinking. "Rich is my favorite book." Although I've studied some highly complex physics, quantum physics, and metaphysics documents and histories, but uh, I keep things very simple Uh, step-by-step and everything I teach is a practice. I love the fact that you talk about progress, not perfection. And I always tell people, I don't know if I'm 1% of the way there, 99% of the way there. I just know that I got more and more percentage to go that I'm pursuing my potential and I'll teach you to pursue yours.
0: I love it. That's so awesome. And wow, it, it must be so incredible to have come full circle like that and to just be able to share your gifts in a meaningful way with the world, with the simple purpose of impacting people. That is just unbelievably uh, awesome. And and it's so, so cool that, that you've been able to do that in, in your lifetime. And I think that's what everybody aspires to, to grow towards. So Thank you so much, David, for the time that you uh, spent with me here today. Thanks for sharing with our audience. Uh, We'll definitely put a link in the show notes to all the information that you shared about how people can uh, reconnect with you. And I love that we share a love of the word unstoppable. Uh, That's so so cool. It was was meant to be. Um, So thanks a lot for coming on the show. I think for everybody listening, I hope you got so much out of today's episode and you'll take it a step further. And uh, David, thanks so much for being here.
1: You're awesome. Thank you. And stay unstoppable. I appreciate you. Thank you.
0: All right. Until next time, guys, remember to dream big, take action and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. To join the absolutely free live launch workshop where you will learn the simplest method on the planet to simplify your launches and scale your service-based business online, text live launch, all one word, to 44222. Text live launch to 44222. We'll see you on the inside.